know today they started drilling here at eight in the morning <laughs> and i oh and i had a late like i had a late i was working out till late like uh working uh on some editing and all that yeah but um i actually funnily enough i have more energy than uh, than yesterday because like i think like it carried over from saturday oh yeah i stay up for the for the ufc fight card you know and uh it's just like for yeah. here this one ended at like 7 30 in the morning so <laughs> it's one of those oh, well. oh i would do it i couldn't no way yeah. i'm too old getting old can't do that stuff <laughs> no yes. way so your background you're um a lebanese right lebanese background that's right yes yeah, yeah you feel very correct. connected with the culture because myself i'm a half jordanian and, uh, yeah that yeah. is your surname Uri. Uri is like means priest you know some arabic mm. i do but pretty bad at speaking it's pretty embarrassing actually <laughs> yeah my family is not happy about that but yeah. i don't know i'd like to learn but haven't had proper opportunity maybe i'm just being lazy i don't know mm. but then uh you are still somehow like really connected with the culture right you do no definitely like i definitely feel like connection and even though my language isn't there you still have that culture and feeling especially with your family and i don't have like a lot of lebanese friends but i don't think it really matters like you have to have it in your heart like it just carries with you yeah i think it's definitely like a it's a blood thing i reckon yeah maybe probably so guys uh in the booth we're back uh so we've been talking here we've been chatting with nadia kasim who is the the former uh former ufc fighter actually former fighter in general like you uh well, walk yeah. away from the sport eventually but uh you know you had a bit of an undefeated run as well at urban fight night right and uh from there you got scouted to ufc and uh, then uh, yeah. was it during covid that you got cut um it was the first so twenty then the end of twenty twenty and so what happened was I had a scheduled fight with Miranda Granger. Um that was gonna be at Vegas. It was gonna be at a obviously and it was gonna be a really great card and uh two weeks out I got injured and I didn't disclose the injury to her. But it was basically an injury where this part of your body controls everything. You can't I couldn't do cardio over a hundred uh hundred beats per minute. I tried, so what happened to me, and I literally just fell to the ground. I wasn't allowed to even stand up. Wow. I was sitting on a Yeah, there's nothing I was able to do with the issue that I had. And nothing happened um, initially. It just kind of a build-up. And it was something that was going to definitely, like, end my career. Wow. Uh, yeah, so pretty threatening to me and my health and safety. So... I couldn't train, obviously, if you can't hit your heart rate over 100, which is literally anyone just walking pretty fast. Um, it made sense to pull myself out, and we had to do that. And then I got offered another fight maybe four weeks later against someone else, and my manager was like, how are you, how are you doing? I was like, I haven't even hit the gym yet. Like, that's how much it's affected me. I couldn't drive, and mm. there was a lot of things. Um, he's like, all right. I said to him, look, tell him, tell him February, because this happened in July. And I started to train again slowly in November. Mm. And I was like, look, uh, tell them tell them February, I'll be sweet. And then basically they said to me, you don't take this fight like you're out. And I was like, you know what? And maybe they didn't see how I did, but for me, my health was coming first. And if they couldn't respect that and respect their fighter, who I've never turned down the fight. Like I said, I've always taken the fights. Mm-hmm. Like my first fight, yeah, against a Sydney average tier fighter, but... I went up weight class and fought rank number 12. Like, you can't tell me that I was scared. 
or that I ever said no, or ever tried to pick and choose my fights. I was one of the most easygoing fighters you're going to get. That's on a low level. Hmm. There was that, uh, so, but you, you, you won the first fight. You were a young yeah. prospect. And um, is, uh, I was surprised. Um, I guess we can come to that later as well, like the whole circumstances around it and everything. But like, did you feel um, un, uh, it was all unfair uh, or there was an unfair treatment or they didn't hear out your side or anything? Uh, no, like, I just feel like um, the first fight was great. It's all good. I actually, like, knew her mm. prior. And we actually had went to a wrestling camp a few years back. And we ended up driving together with a friend that we had mutual friends. And, like, you know, we experienced mm. that wrestling camp together. But that was all well and good. And I was happy to fight her. Basically, for me, it was just business. I'm happy to give a mad hug after him. And chat. But I'm just like that. I think maybe being around so many guys they can do that mm. that's my mentality you know and um some women can't do that yeah do you think it's different like because uh there was uh, i was just listening to a podcast and it was like uh you hear that a lot with the people that were in the ultimate fighter and i never really watched the show but you hear like a, a lot of the men say like when they take the phones away and everything they had a really good experience with it and then a lot of the women are like that was the worst experience i'm never gonna do this again because there was so much drama and everything like yeah Yep. If, even though, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I understand. Like, I completely get that. No, nothing. Yeah, I'd be the same. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you end up at the UFC? We'll continue talking about that uh, later, like the whole release and everything and stuff. But how yeah. did you, because you were, um, your background was Taekwondo at first. Like, uh, that reminds me of myself. My parents first put me in Taekwondo. You know, they're like, they thought that was the best. Like, Jordan was thriving in that because I grew up there. Yeah, cool. Um, and they were like, that's the the way to defend yourself you know um so it seems like a lot of people had that like back in the day especially people from my generation were like taekwondo is where they start and then how did you decide to take it why did you decide to take it further well that was only when i was young really hmm. and i was, I was really good but i was i got over it quick i didn't like that no contest i got bored i need contact sport and i Obviously, realized that growing up, when I got kicked out of every sport before fighting, like football, netball, anything, you name it. So I think it was just boredom. And then my brother obviously started to train and then me watching him and all that. That just sparked. I didn't really know the sport existed until I was like 16 years old. Yeah. Well, it didn't like really. I, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't really anyway, but uh, I knew there was individual stuff, like, but jiu jitsu started coming around and then wrestling and then putting it all together i was just like amazed like i always thought it was some underground thing like i was telling one of the yeah. guys before yeah i was like oh this is mad like you know no no i've been knuckle and this is like gonna be you know in some swell where there's like water going over you and you all boy people screaming <laughs> throwing that's mad like i'll do that i love that movie Mortal Kombat. <laughs> 100 percent mm. you know so much better finishing you know i cracked up but anyway that's how it started for me you know when i walked in i was like i want to fight but i calmed down I'm like no no like i want to fight like i'm coming here just to healthily then up my problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and it wasn't yeah. like uh it was very popular amongst women uh, maybe there was people doing it but um there wasn't a yeah. lot of opportunities i think it's it's around the time when uh, UFC had just introduced women, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were starting to fill up the divisions and such. Yeah, um, 
Right, At what point did you realize like you could actually uh, there was money in it? Like not 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 necessarily big money, just any kind of money. Um. Well, to be honest, at the start, there was no intention for it to be a money thing. Hey, mm. at the start, it was just like I love this. I feel like a bad bitch, mm. but like in a healthy way, you know. Like it's yeah. it's empowering. It's empowering, and absolutely, there's a, like a the give or take, you know, of like you cop a punch, you get a punch, and it was it was it gives you discipline and it humbles you. It humbles you to get hit, you know, respectfully. Yeah. It really does. Um, and then I think, obviously, when I was working full-time and then I got the, the UFC offer, I knew I was so – I had, like, very little experience. I had barely any ring time. I didn't really have a run, like, a good one with kickboxing or boxing. I never did any of that. Like, yeah, I had two amateur Muay Thai fights but and one amateur MMA fight. But what, what is that experience opposed to people that are, you know, college wrestlers and – um, Olympic rest, uh, Olympic yeah. boxers and go to you know they go to a crazy level like amateur boxers have like forty fights. Yes, and then here I here I'm having a handful of fights, get a contract, and I was like, oh, opportunity, money, and you know, uh, an opportunity to show like the fighter that I am and my true self at the age of twenty one years old. You know, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. And it's hard to say no to that. I mean, yeah, you see a lot of people like I know the Jiri Prohaska and all these people uh, that were in big organizations or champions in other big organizations, and then they reject yeah. the contract because they know they'll eventually get there anyway. Just feel like they're not yeah. ready. But then, maybe for you, especially when um, there weren't that many opportunities for the women, you have to take it, right? Yeah, it's a tough right. trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just like. I'm young. People doubt me here when I know my skill. Mm. I'll put it to the test and I'm going to show you all. And I was prove something to myself because I always had an issue where I never finished anything that I started or I never really felt something that I was good at or had control over, you know. Mm. Like I felt like this was my thing and I'm like, all right, this is my opportunity and I'm still young. I can, you know, not work for a few years and I can take this risk and pursue this career. It was just risk management, and for me, it was worth it. And it, it is. Sorry, the line cut for the last bit, but um, it's um, you were because you were quite like I remember the one of your uh for one of your fights, like well, you always got like a big uh pop from the crowd, like you know you were quite a fan yeah. favorite, especially the Aussies, you know, they run with their with their own. Um, and I just like finished uh, running a little documentary thing with Team Australia here at uh, this amateur MMA tournament. And you just see how everyone just like, even they're from different gyms and they don't know each other and everything. And like, they became brothers like or sisters after that. Uh, yeah, so that's why I'm surprised, especially with the uh, Aussie market that's growing. And it's for me the biggest like upcoming superpower in, uh, in combat sports. Even in boxing, like you have George Cambosos as well. And uh, yeah, and all those, um, that they would then decide to cut you because it's not like something that happens usually after two two losses. Like that, people don't usually get cut after two losses. Um, yeah. And I mean, wh so what? What's one of the things that surprised you? Like, what? What is a big positive thing that surprised you? And one thing that you were shocked at like negatively as well about your UFC experience well, the thing that people yeah. like young fighters could look out for 
Well, I think on a positive note, you get to meet a lot of people along the way and there's a lot of connections you can really, um, you know, come across like not just your matchmaker, Dana White, like there's more to that. There's like different fields and the health industry with marketing. There's just opportunity that arises that it might not even be for the UFC or, that's, you know, it, there's other avenues of fighting and it might not be your everyday thing that you would even imagine. It could be opportunity that you just won't regret. So I just feel like I met, met a lot of people, made some good connections along the way um, and I still have relationships with these people now. Like not all, all of them, but, you know, many of them that matter. And maybe a negative note, of course, um, there's favoritism, you know, there's again favoritism on every, uh, with every fight or when it comes to the internal stuff, you know, like, and you can't really pick or choose your fights when you're on a certain level, you know, when you're, yeah. um, I was saying, you know, low tier, like you've never been in a big organization, you're on a space pay, um, you're not going to get that respect. So you got to really show up. And you've got to kind of uh, earn your respect where some people might have it very quickly. Mm. Yeah. But all in all, like, you learn a lot about yourself along the way. And I think that's the most rewarding thing. Yeah. Well, so, the, yeah, you feel like you still benefited from uh, where you're still now benefiting from that um, position you were in and the, the fact that you fought there. And um, like, how did yeah, you I, leverage your brand name? Well, I feel like you earn respect in some form, like, of course, not people, not many people. There are people who are not going to like you, people that are, that are like, and I'm only here for myself. And if you people like what I'm doing, then sure, ride the bandwagon. But I'm not changing who I am to um, fix someone else's, you know, um, idea of me. Hmm. It's not really so. I just feel like as a person, you know, you're more than, especially being a female in the Lebanese community, especially in the Islamic community, it's not a very common thing to do. No. Not gonna. I don't even think I know one Lebanese Muslim female that trains and fights MMA. Like, no, I don't know any Lebanese. No Muslim. Yeah, maybe a few, but not Lebanese. It's very frowned upon for women to you know get down and dirty like that and be of like an aggressive nature in a male dominant sport. It's very frowned upon. Even my father was not keen on it from the start till now, but. He had to yeah. deal with it. Like I read somewhere your mother was very supportive, right? But your father wasn't yeah. of the career, yeah? Yeah. So how did yeah. that, on family meetings, how did that like sort of materialize? Uh, how did well, the conversation go? Even when you were like, well, when you were fighting at the highest level? I think my dad didn't realize how big the UFC is because he's not from here. He doesn't follow that type of sport. He's not a sportsman, yeah. you know? Um, he's very keeps to himself, does his own thing. So, but when, you know, his brother, so my uncle's like around my age, and he was telling my dad, like, you know, like, this is really big. You know, this is like the NBA of basketball and the A-League of soccer. Like, she's made it to a good level. He was like, oh, really? Like, he was shocked. Think to hear it from <laughs> someone else. And then he saw me in the newspaper or something. And he was like, that's my daughter. Like, it was pretty funny. But um, I never look at the end of the day. I know it's family, but I'm the type of person where if I love something, if I have passion, no matter what it is, I'm going to get it. Like, I'm, oh, I'm going to chase it. So, yeah, I'm of the belief though, like where like Middle Eastern families and Middle Eastern households, at least in my case as well, as long as they see success to limits, like you know, you can't be like <laughs> the most successful porn star. I guess they won't accept that. But you know, no. like, but in in like uh, in other fields, they're like as long as you're successful and you're like raising the family name, 
you know they change their mind like they, there is that though like so yeah, did you feel like he at least turned around when he saw your picture in the newspaper <laughs> yeah well you know what he's he's not really one to like compliment but uh my little siblings i was talking about it with my dad and he was like oh i saw the photo of one of your wains and i got scared because you know we're kind of like we're not really very much yeah and i was like oh Yeah, and he's like, "You look really good, Daddy. Like, you look, you know, you look nice and ripped." I was like, "Oh, thanks." Oh, nice. I was like, "It's a compliment. I'm gonna take it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, sweet. um, like, why did you end up really like completely stepping away from the from the sport as a whole? Or is there still sort of that fire that you're like, maybe I will try it again someday? Um, well, so what happened was after I got cut and all that, I was like, "All right." And it's not going to happen for me right now. I don't want to, it's not on the books. So mm. when I did decide to start training more properly, I decided to enter boxing. And then I came across Final Round Gym and um, Huss, who's the head coach there. I'd actually trained with him a few times before my um, before that fight that I was meant to have in Vegas. And I also um, sparred with one of the top female boxers, um, Maluk. And she's a pro and she, she was amazing Like. I was training for my fight and I was like, if I fought a boxer like her, she would school the hell out of me. And she wasn't even going to overly hard. It was technical. She was sharp. And mm-hmm. I, just, I respected her style. And that's what really led me to going down to find around, you know, trying it out and seeing what they were all about. So I did that for quite a little while, like four months um, proper and started sparring with other pro boxers here, females and really giving it a massive go. I'm like, I've got nothing to lose. I'm not a boxer. I don't have ego here. I'm a rookie and I respect these people. So I learned a lot and I learned to fight. Some fights fell through, COVID hit, and um, I started having that issue again that I had before. Mm. And that was like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Then I started getting my back injury, so I came back from before and started getting other injuries. And I was like, boxing is not a high injury sport. You don't really get hurt in boxing besides concussions and maybe nose, like bleeding nose and something like that. So the fact I was having my other issues, I was like, I can't do this. Mm. Like I, combat sport isn't for me anymore. That was happening. I was lost in my passion a bit. And yeah, I fell in a little bit of a dark hole for a little while, but then I was working full time again. And I was like, okay, I think responsibility and security is more my thing hmm. at the moment um and i don't know i just think i made a decision to step back and take a bit of control of things that i had to work on in my own personal life to make me you know progress yeah well you said like you you lost your passion um that's something that it doesn't happen too often with fighters even if they like leave an organization maybe they don't want to do it professionally anymore but like losing their passion to even like train it um did that make it Easy, like was it an easy decision in the end because of that, or was it still very hard? The yeah. conversation you needed to have with yourself. Um, surprisingly, I think it was a long time coming. Um, something for me was, I always will have fighter in me. That's just the person I am. Like the way we grew up, we had to be fighters, you know. Yeah. And the mentality to like get through all these adversities is to to fight your mentality, fight your mind, to stay strong, and um, so. For me, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would have been. Even after my second fight, I was like, look, I was pretty nervous about fighting um, Kim, but I did it because I wanted to prove something to myself. Like I got super jacked. I did all the hard work, 
dietitian, extra strength conditioning, sparring all the time, not missing classes. Like everything was by the book and I was even going above and beyond. That was kind of my last thing to say. You can give it your all and I did. So I don't feel like um, I was really upset. It was more the last couple of months I've just been thinking I could have, I know what I could have done, you know, but I made a decision and I'll, I'll stick with it. But the other thing is uh, the people you lost against were are still now like top, like the top, some top ranked fighters, right? Which yeah. you see now in hindsight, which back then, of course, they're also prospects and you don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I saw potential on fighting, but, but um, yeah. But you don't have regret. You don't have regrets no. about this. Not at all. Yeah, because uh, the COVID situation, that was very hard on a lot of people, especially in uh, in Australia. It was very, very rough. Like, I think you're, you still have some restrictions, right? <clears throat> Not completely, but... Or was yeah, it all lifted good. now? Yeah, no, we're pretty much good. We're basically good. Just, there's just certain vaccination issues if people want to go places, maybe. Um, but generally pretty good. Now, the, like, obviously, COVID levels are still high, but we're living a normal life. Like, we're learning to have to accept and live with it. Yeah. Some people, some people still, you know, antsy about it. That's fine, but the actual legal fight's pretty good. It's the same. It's the same here, and uh, it was more mentally difficult on everyone than you know than it was. Like I think mentally, this was the worst. Was the worst. Was the worst part. Of course, that affected people financially, which also affects you mentally and everything. Like, um, do you feel well? You couldn't train, of course, during that time as well, and I guess training does help the mental aspect a lot yeah. like for me that's what kept me sane so even the fact yeah. that they hung up bags here in public places allowed you to be outside and train yeah. and everything like how did you navigate those emotions and like because you've been yeah. very open about your own mental health as well during your fight career um yeah, yeah. um it was a bit hard but i was still keeping very busy thankfully i like, thank god i was still working because i work in transport and transport don't stop for anybody right. you know people need to eat still people need to do everything work oil because what we we transport everything literally everything except for animals um yeah. but yeah we literally do a lot so it was high demand and i was working under pressure we're going over hours we're getting extra dirt like things that we didn't normally have to do mm. we were doing to put in the work we have people that normally wear like suits getting dirty to help out. That's how. Oh. Yeah. Like, we had. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like uh, a lot of people look for career changes as well. And um, there's some people that were like in careers that weren't thriving necessarily that now thrive. You know, like now you got. Yep. They were the ones that stayed alive, you know. Yeah. Because like, they're underappreciated. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, um, so how did that, like, mental battle? <laughs> well, you, you didn't, you didn't experience them. I guess you like it helped you more because you're like, while while the world is down and everything, you looked at the positives, maybe and appreciated what you had, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. look at the end of the day, it was, I was fortunate because I, I was working, I was making money, and I did feel horrible for people that were losing homes or getting really sick or had a lot of fear about it all. Um, the only thing is just the like the pressure, the pressure to help people to to keep your job because everyone's everyone's attacking each other at work and a lot of you know it's just the usual thing because everyone's so tense. I want to just do a good job, 
But, um, yeah, it was, it was hard for some people and I did see a lot of friends who were, you know, either husband's not working or they're not working, both of them. Or mm. I think for a lot of people, it's people that are extroverts, they need people. Where I'm the type of person where even if I was alone and I wasn't working, I'd be fine. As in maybe not financially, for example, but mentally I'm okay. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. For me, I'm I'm uh, very much an extrovert, and then throughout COVID, I realized that I, I can be an introvert. Like, uh, and now okay. there's like the the negative side is that um, well now it's getting better, but if, like a few months ago, even like uh, I I wish I could see my friends a lot more because everyone got way too comfortable being home and alone, and they don't want to see each other or anything. But at the yeah. same time, when like um when i wouldn't see someone for a while even i'm annoyed sometimes i don't want to make plans ever even if it gets a little bit too late i'm like i'm fine <laughs> you know i'm used to this by now yeah yeah 100%. i guess yeah. oh yeah but in um did you feel like how was it for you like navigating mentally the the fight space because uh that one requires aside from like the mental toughness in training and throughout, like, uh, fighting and all that, there's also the outside aspect of, like, fans and trolls and all that stuff. And I'm always fascinated by, like, I would be so pissed off. Like, I feel like I can handle it, like, I can handle it by now. But also, uh, if it comes to a, to another level where, like, people don't know what you've been through or what you're really capable of and something, and then they start uh, giving you shit, and, you know, even yeah. you never meet these people, it still affects you. Yeah, look, there are times when you can literally just have a laugh and you can show your friends and be like, look what this person said. And you can poke fun at it. And then there are third, third, sorry, certain things that may trigger you because it might have affected you in the fight a certain way. Only you felt that emotion. Only you know how you felt about that certain thing. Mm. Like, um, I can't really pinpoint anything in particular, but there was a time after the last fight where uh, I was obviously accused of something that I didn't realize I had done, but it doesn't appear that way from someone being on the outside oh yeah <laughs> it's obviously the glove top try right? yeah, i don't know if you've seen yeah yeah and which is yeah. very uh talked about so for me it's more like okay i know my camera looks like i touched and kicked her off the bat yes i did that but i did not consciously do that you know and i didn't even know like what i had done until i was, I was receiving hate messages in the hospital after the fight crazy and i was like whoa, whoa, whoa what's happening i rewatched the fight and i see it and i was like oh my god did i do that like i i did not know like i feel in shock yeah all i remember is my coach is saying to me in my a fault in my last previous two fights to that fight was you're not first and then you're getting rushed so the first fight I got rushed got taken down second fight same thing so we're avoiding that so i tried to stay you know if I throw the first hit, then I, I got the feel, you know, and then I'm, I'm in the zone. I'm, I'm the one putting pressure. And I won that first round, you know. Mm. So not from that. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, that's <laughs> the thing. Cause, yeah, sorry. Can I continue? Continue. No, no. I was saying just clarifying. That's oh, not yeah. how I won the first round. <laughs> no. So, yeah. But that's the thing. Like a lot of people, they don't, they don't know. If you've never been there, like you wouldn't know um, how yeah. it is. Like the whole... Um, fog and a lot of the time you can't even hear your coaches or anything like that um and uh like once you're in there the rules change like the rules of life and what you, what you can comprehend in your brain changes because you're focusing on all these other things like you're probably like all right 
I just need to make sure. You're probably thinking the whole time I need to make sure I get the first hit in. <laughs> but I yeah, want to be sportsman-like, or you know. And, uh, I know. Be on a mission, clearly. I was like, mm. hit first, touch, kick, and I was like, when I watched that, I was like, yeah. In my mind, in my mind, I kicked her like after five seconds. Mm. Like yeah. in my mind, I literally thought, okay. Yeah, one, maybe three seconds. One, two, three, kick. I did not realize I did it that quick. Did you watch it often? Because now, now I'm trying to think if she was like, because I don't remember if uh, did she like touch the glove and step forward, or did she step back after the glove touch? Because that also influences well, things. It was. I'm. I'm. I'm a bitch. I didn't realize. I literally touched and kicked at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But, but maybe if uh, she was like touching and walking at the same time forward, it makes sense. Oh yeah, but she didn't know. She just no, she stepped back. <laughs> Okay. I was, I was like, oh my god! But then was again, that, yeah, I did go for a Superman punch and then get hit. So mm-hmm. that actually got me good too. And I got up, I was like, oh shit, my bad. <laughs> In hindsight, I mean, that's good. Probably you're like, oh, we're even now. Oh like, but, damn it! Thank you. Didn't die. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> was that the first time you dealt with uh, that kind of hate or any kind of real hate? Oh no, I've I have received it before, like even from the last fight because of how like big that loss was. It wasn't really I didn't really put up much of I did put up a fight, but I didn't have much of a good chance considering I was getting like mauled um wrestling wise. And I didn't showcase skills on the pay-per-view as on the main card, so it was pretty embarrassing. And I was the cops a lot of hate from it saying like she can't fight, why are they on the main card is embarrassing, blah 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 things. Um, but I know what I did in that fight. Like, I know that I literally gave him my arm, as in my arm. I, I tore my MCL off my arm clean, off my elbow. And that's yeah. because, I did, like, I know I got hurt. But at the end of the day, you're fighting on TV. You're going to get haters. You people who think they know. Oh, if that was me, you know what I'd do? I'm just like, tell me what you would do. <laughs> Let me do it to you and tell me what you would do. So if there's anything like, is there anything that you would have done differently in your career? Like now looking back at 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 that career, right? And also also considering like how much MMA has grown, right? Uh, and the opportunities that there are now for women. Um, if you had known how big it was gonna get, like, is there anything you would have changed? I wish I got more sparring opportunity with other females, other gyms, or because you get used to people's styles, and I feel like. Um, also, when you go to other gyms, there's no rivalry, but there is like a turf, you know, thing going on. Mm. And natural to get those butterflies and anxiety when you're about to spark someone you've never met. Or that's the way I am anyway. Where so now imagine having that type of anxiety and then never doing that and then going to the cage. Mm. Like, yeah, it's surreal. It's surreal. You're in a, mm. another environment. There's cameras, there's people, there's another human from overseas. You don't, you haven't trained anyone, you haven't trained anyone with like that, that experience or that style. Yeah. You know, whereas when I started boxing after UFC, we were going gym hopping, we were traveling, we were doing everything to spark people. And people would come in and we build relationships. So there's a, like a bit of a trust, or even if there's not a trust, and even if you like this person, you're still going out there and having those feelings and you're preparing yourself. So I really was prepared to fight a boxing fight with like way less anxiety than an MMA fight already. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That might have helped with my nerves and things like that. And 
Yeah, it's, I just more preparation, yeah. Uh, yeah. more variety. Which was there a lot of variety? You feel like there was enough variety to like really not, train? No, there wasn't. You can right. be, you can we could literally count at the time of me being active, who I could spar, MMA wise. You yeah. could get some in. You could get kickboxers, but can you get MMA fighters? No. No, or like real wrestlers like the americans known for their wrestling and there's like different countries are very much known for certain disciplines that you cannot get that now you can i mean i know the gracie gyms in uh, australia are doing very well uh robert whitaker used to train at one where my nephew trains like um right. like there's you know but back then maybe it's yeah it was probably really tough i can understand And of course, uh, like nothing. Well, the mental game—that's something that's never going to change. Like that's that's something where like everybody's going to have to deal with that the first time, especially. Then yeah, again, like yeah. did winning that first one uh, take a lot of it off the second one? Um, yeah, like I think I was maybe I was too confident for that second fight. Mm. So I always take that loss as a blessing in disguise. I got the embarrassment. I got the lesson. I my first. Mm. I've never been finished. First time I've ever been finished and. I got submitted by an armbar, which is a submission that I'm actually quite good at. So I was like, oh, she got me with my own move. <laughs> no. <laughs> But it was well-deserved. She was talented. She did what she had to do to get the win. And after the fight, I I went up to her and her team and we're in the green room at the back, which is where you go after you finish a fight, all the foodies and all that stuff, you know. And I'm up to her and I said, you know, congrats, you're the better woman of tonight and you should be proud, you know. So even someone that has just lost and the first loss ever and the loss was on a world stage, a pay-per-view, I had to take that one on the chin and just be a woman and be mature about it. And that's when I started to feel growth in my career mentality. And that really strung something in my brain that I really had to give it my all in the next fight. If they gave me opportunity, and they did, hmm. I did perform better. Uh, yeah, it might have been hit a few times, and it might have been a pretty ugly loss for me. But I know that I performed pretty well. Yeah. and sometimes that first loss actually, you know, gives confidence because it takes the pressure off of of being undefeated. You know. Yeah, it did definitely because I was. Yeah. And it humbles people. It's like the humbling yes. thing you were saying, you were mentioning before about just training in uh, in combat sports because you know you can get beat up, right? By Like anyone can beat you up on a certain day. And that just yeah, definitely. Is that humbling experience or anything? Um, so now you went, uh, like you really turned, were you always this religious or did you really turn? Because it looks like you just now took a complete turn to your to your faith. Um Um, is it new? I think the last the last two years hmm. has really um, been another like a quite a major increase in my faith and how I feel about it and how strongly I um, place it in my life and how I use it in my day to day. It's a lot more enhanced than it ever has been, especially the last the last year. And then, but I really started the last about two years ago now. This time last year, Ramadan, at the start, and I was like, you know what, I had some good influence. And this person was like, you need to learn how to pray. And I was like, you know what, you're right, I do. And I was willing to take responsibility. So I learned how to do that, and as I started getting more into it, and I just found more peace and less anger in my heart too, and 
things were instead of always asking like why does this happen to me or getting angry I was more yeah. accepting this is the path that I've been given so you become more accepting and things make more sense and you question it less and you just kind of live with what you have and you go forward you know yeah. and you just hope that the path you're being led to is the one that makes you happy and so it was like really getting like getting your start and giving it a chance that really got you um sort of really in it like deep in it i think when I started, how it was applied yeah. to your life in the end like yeah. the changes that it made in your thinking maybe yeah definitely i started noticing a lot of things and right for me when i started bringing god into my life things that would never have opened for me before had opened and you know some people may not agree that's fine but the way i felt the way it impacted me was that it brought a lot of good into my life when a lot of my life I had a lot of darkness either mentally or people or things that were occurring around me um you know there's there's so many ways people can look at it but for me like it was something that's saving saving my mind and my soul and just my life in general hmm. so i have a lot to be thankful for yeah that's interesting as what i'm getting from it is that you're uh, you had like a lot of external factors influencing you but then you realize that when um once you start fixing yourself internally they don't influence you as much anymore yeah definitely hmm. and it's not like i was ever a follower or a shape of any sort it was more just like you are a product of your environment at the end of the day right just surrounding yourself with this certain amount of these certain people who do certain things you're it's going to seem more normal and then when things more, becomes more normal you might accustom to what they're doing or become that person unintentionally hmm. but it happens right hmm. So I felt like I had to bring myself out of that and separate myself from certain people and either be gone the lonely path for a while, but the lonely path is rewarding because you so much growth, so much self mental mentally, you know, whether it be your family as well, financially, whatever it is, you're just really focused. So that's what I have in mind the last two years is to work on myself and give myself something that I never really had, which was like stability. Mm. And what was like your lowest point? And when was that? And what what was sort of influencing that that you had to change that drastically? You know, um, I do have a I did have a lot of issues, um, and just relationship breakdowns and things like that. And I think like when I when I did have my ex partner, I think after that it was kind of um, eye opening for me that being alone is okay. And, you know, these people aren't, you know, meant to clutch on to, like, put a hold on to people. It's meant to be, you know, of moments and um, that there is more out there. And I just have to realise that I'm enough and people are enough. You don't need other people to feel happy. Um, and I think that when you're in a dark time too, you kind of depend on other people to make mm -hmm. you feel so. Yeah. I'm like, you know what, that's not right. So that's why that time two years ago I had to really, think and work on myself and it works for me and it's something that you know i never regret things in my life but it makes you think about things very differently i even feel like embarrassed of certain things you've done because like oh the person i am now wouldn't do that mm. like do you have regrets or do you see it as um you know it's all part of who i am now like it made I me who i am now yeah it makes you who you are like look for me there's certain things i'm like oh i shouldn't have done that or 
like for example my tattoos like if i had to pick now like like i'm actually in the process of getting rid of them do you want to get rid of all of them just the visible ones Hmm. for now because they're the ones people can see like the hand the arm it's it's going no i just that's just me like i know it's it's you can repent and, and, and whatnot but for me it's more just like I get looked at in a certain way as well. Like it's, it's, you shouldn't care what people would say or judge you on, but people That's can, not comfortable. Like, yeah, I just want to look at it. Like, I go to a mosque, right? I'm wearing the hawajah bed, like the scarf, it's everything. And then I have a hand tattoo or like finger tattoos. And then people think, oh, are you a revert? And I'm like, no. Uh-huh. Like that's, even if I wasn't like, even if I was, yeah. like, that's nice. But they just assume, you know, but... I, I don't care about what people think, but at the same time, it's, you can't help how you feel about it as well. So yeah. I feel too bad. I, mean, I feel like uncomfortable having it on my skin now. It's what a lot of Europeans don't get sometimes when I'm talking about what um, a lot of my female friends go through. Uh, well, yeah. well, people who come from strict households sometimes, uh, which is, I mean, this isn't like your case, but it's relatable, uh, where... Uh, girls aren't happy with the situation of them living with their parents and like having to like some girls still have a curfew and all that when I go back there and then uh, when other people are like well why don't you just leave and move out (laughs) or why don't you just you know like one of those things it's like in the end you can take control of your own you know I'm like yeah well it could do that but then I'm isolating myself completely from like my loved ones and like the community that I'm in maybe and something like you know it's just it's, it's very different it's hard to explain unless you're in it right definitely yeah. people like oh you know and that was like when i had like very ethnic friends and then they're like wider friends but like you're 18 who cares and like yeah. in my house you have to be 40 and married to leave the house we're 18 yeah yeah if you're not married by like 23 you're a failure you know like <laughs> that's what, what it also is sometimes <laughs> i'm already losing my spring chickenness <laughs> And I'm not even from a Muslim family. Our family is a Christian family. Very rare. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I grew up there and uh, everyone I know is, yeah. is a Muslim. And, you know, all my friends are, I know it, it's the same culture we're in. So it's even the in, the, in, oh, and sometimes with the Christian Arabs, it's it's even worse. Because uh, they're oh, like, yeah. we have to represent ourselves because we're already competing. You know, we're the minority. So we have to be <laughs> the ideal person. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get you. Because yeah. like my mom, my mom is Catholic, so I I grew up with both. Oh, you also grew up with both, sick. Yeah, so I definitely got a feel of both, and I know mm. that's what makes me less ignorant than the average. Because I'm I went to Catholic school for three years. I read the Bible. I haven't read the whole Quran, but I'm in the process, so I really got a good outlook. Yeah, you got both. And I went best. I get Christmas and I get Ramadan Eid, so I'm eating. I'm eating good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So you they got to choose in the end. Oh yeah, man, no, the Catholic so- school. Yeah, no, it's good. I respect every everything. Mm-hmm. It's personal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to a Baptist school and it was like it, it it wasn't like traditionally like a traditional Baptist school there, but because you also had a lot of like mostly Muslim kids I think still in the school. But you just realize how not every religion is ideal because they were way, way extreme over there in in certain thinking, and yeah. it made it made uh, the students extra rebellious <laughs> because there was a yeah, wrong. Just... Yeah, no, it wasn't yeah. like a, a lot of support of like free thinking there. Like, at least 
because I don't know if you know about Baptists. Like I, th- I feel like they're very much into uh, the very Old Testament oriented as okay. well, and they take everything literal, and yeah. that's where uh, you lose children, especially if you're you're supposed to explain things to them, and uh, they're like, no, this is just how it is, you know. <laughs> There's no yeah, reasoning it- behind it. So yeah, so it made us extra rebellious there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I get you. It's it's a normal thing. I used to go to an Arabic school on Saturdays. Oh, that was so strict. It was like a jail. Yeah. <laughs> like for for the language, just to learn Arabic. Oh, like it was Arab. It was mostly Islamic school. Yeah. But it was Saturdays, and oh, it was. This place was crazy. I used to hide in the bushes and not go to class. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is. <laughs> I was yeah. like eight years old. Jigging school, whatever waggy school you guys call it, they I was not loving it. Mm. That was so scary. They used to yell at us, and then we just get in trouble. And they're like, All right, if you talk or whatever, they're like, Go to the wall, put your hands up against the wall. I'm telling yeah. you, my arms are shaking. I was dying. Oh, eight year old crying. Yeah, I had a crazy kid in our class. Every time he had to stand in the corner, he would say, at some point, he was telling the teacher, like, hey, but I didn't need to go to the toilet. And they're like, no, he's just using this as an excuse. You're not going to go to the toilet. And then he actually, like, peed in the the corner as a statement. (laughs) Like, what is wrong with you? And we knew he was just playing it up, right? There's no way. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we were bad. But at some point, we, we built such a good relationship with the teachers. Uh, even there was one teacher who would, like, hit us, but, like, not, like, he would, like, not not in the face or anything. Yeah. So we started making it a goal to, like, whoever gets uh, hit by him gets lunch from us, you know, like. So it became a battle of, like, getting hit by this teacher. And um, there was one day where, like, three of us got kicked out and, and hit by him. And, like, we all got lunches. <laughs> it was so cheeky. That's yeah. the funniest. Yeah, no. I, I did have that one experience where I got hit by a teacher at Arabic school. My mom came down. I'm telling you, they feared her. Oh. <laughs> People fear in their eyes. This woman got on her knees. I'm telling you. Really? Yeah, this lady smacked me with a ruler across the face. Oh. I got smacked with a ruler on the hand, that's all. And the, one that- the hand hurts. Yeah, yeah she I got the rolled up book to the head though. <laughs> That's sweet. I was funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if it's my mom, all right, but I don't know you, lady. Yeah. Well, that's where the the parents are. It's like, no, I hit my kids. You don't hit my kids. It's like you know, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm in charge of disciplining them. Yeah, because it's crazy. Like, there's so many households where that's not a thing. Like, you don't hit your kids. So, how yeah, can the school like- have an authority to do it in the end? I guess yeah, our school came at it from a religious perspective, like, oh, he's defying Jesus. So he was like, I'm going to, he deserves it. I'll take the wrath of God in my head. <laughs> Judas, I'm going to start hitting you. Yeah. Judas was my favorite character. No. Yeah. No. I'm sure we'd play it up. So, in any case, uh, that, that was it was great having you having this little chat even though we had some technical difficulties through the middle uh there's okay. a couple of fan questions that uh, i'm gonna ask you um, and then i sure will let thing. you go yeah uh okay first one hunter js44 what is one thing you wish you knew when you came into the ufc uh that's a really good question hmm. actually a hard one um, I'd have to say 
I wish I knew how much responsibility comes with such quick fame. And when I say that, it's because it's not all what you see. It's about how you hold yourself, how you, how composed you are when you should feel threatened or you should feel a certain way. Because people say things to you just to spark a reaction or to see how you react. And there are many times where I had, like, you know, internet beef with other UFC fighters or whatnot, and I was like, you know what, if I reacted this way, the respect would go higher and things like that. So maybe to be less emotional in decision-making. That would be a very high point, I'd say. Less emotional in decision-making. Because you also have to keep in mind selling the fight and, you know, people might follow you because you talk trash to a certain fighter, they like that. Yeah, the then, in the end, you're in the real world. You get carried away with all the internet stuff, and then you forget yeah. that they're real people. Which, which is something I, I always see. What part of that whole thing about criticizing fighters when you're sitting on your couch with the chips and your belly out is like um, that's you forget this because they're on your screen. I feel like, especially with the new generation, younger generation, with social media and yeah. everything. Uh, also, sometimes like if a celebrity dies and you see the comments and all these meme jokes and everything, I'm like. They just, it's it, because they're used to seeing them on the screen. They think they're a video game character or a movie character, right? It's like trick plays yeah. tricks in your mind. And, and then yeah, when you meet them in real That's... life, you're like, these are real people. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's, I am, I've never been one to ever share celebrity things and comment never in my life because I just, and nothing to do with me. It's just the person I am. But especially after having like publicity or whatever you want to call it, you're like, oh, who am I to say anything? No, mm. no way. Because you, you know what it feels like to a stranger to attack you with zero knowledge on you from what you want, from what you post in your fights. doesn't make, you don't know me. Yeah. You might know it's my profession. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, the fake Marlon Vera, one of our loyals, do you still watch any combat sports and are you a fan of anybody? You know, I haven't actually been watching fighting. Like, there was a stage where I started watching it again because I never used to like watching it. I'm the type of person where I don't... When it comes to MMA, UFC, I don't like watching it. I just like to fight. Mm. Maybe it makes me feel a bit edgy and I really want to get in there. Opposed to now where I can I can actually... I, I love watching boxing. Oh, like, I'll watch yeah. boxing. Yeah, I, I love watching boxing fights. So, I'm really... I find it so, you know, after MMA and doing boxing, the transition was super hard. They're so much more powerful when they punch, like the way they sit or they use their body. Mm. Like you, in way, I feel like MMA, we use, we, people do box, but they might use boxing more to set up other things, people that are all-rounders like myself. I was never a focused fighter. And then when I started to crack down on boxing, I respected it so much more. Yeah. Like, their warm-ups and their drills are amazing and maybe because i had less pressure i was just so fascinated by it but i think boxing is amazing to watch um and there's no one that i like consistently follow but i love watching lomachenko yeah 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 he is just i love his style i've shown his highlights to somebody like while i was boxing as well like some people are there that are like Muay Thai fighters or kickboxers. And I'm like, have you, do you watch Lomachenko? He's like, no, I've heard his name. I'm like, dude. And I always like pull up these highlights before I train and then I train better. <laughs> and then like, I feel, I yeah, just, literally, you know, yeah. I hadn't done any cardio. I'm telling you in two months, like I was doing weights and whatever else. And then I was like, stuff this. I'm on the treadmill. And I'm like, 
Lomachenko highlights. I ran <laughs> 10 kilometers in 50 minutes. And I can't run. I'm the A1 worst cardio person. And like, with the injury I, thing. Yeah, I'm just the worst. I, I, did not, I didn't care. I was not wearing the right shoes. I just jumped on the treadmill, felt fat. I'm like, I just jumped this run. Lomachenko, no audio, just watching. And I was running. I'm breathing. I'm trying to shadow box people walking in. I'm so emotional. I'm one of, these, one of these people that like, it's weird how visuals and like, and music and all that, like just makes you physically go harder. Because um, yeah. I decided, especially last two weeks, I was like, I'm going to kill myself in training to get back in shape <laughs> more and like give it more discipline. And it came because I saw when they were hyping up the Burns um, uh, Hamzat fight, they, there, there was this video of like Gilbert Burns' circuit, like the insane like training circuit that he does, right? Like, I don't know if you've seen it. It went viral. And um, seeing that, I'm like, wow, what am I doing? So I tried to do some variation of it. Of course, not even close to that intensity, but I was like, I need to do a circuit every time I'm training now. And I did it. <laughs> and I'm, and it's like, it makes you want to go hard. Like, let's see how far I can take it. But it's just from watching that video. Otherwise, I wouldn't even physically be capable of going that hard. Yeah, no, like you need motivation. Even if it's the weirdest thing, like you yeah. might watch something that makes you think about what would happen if you're in a position or, oh, like if I was this. And it's just a G up. Like I was G'ing up so hard. And it's yeah. it's crazy, hey. It's the best feeling there. Yeah, exactly. Then demo HD seven. Have you not signed with any other big organization yet? Well, no. No. But, well, so no. let me let me ver variation on that question. What would it take to get you back to considering signing with an organization? Oh. <laughs> well, at this point in my life, I wouldn't do anything. But, but. I was really keen on bare knuckle. Oh, hey, uh, yeah. look, we have really good connections there. Yeah, so, <laughs> we'll put, I really put this clip really out to the right people. Yeah, I really Did you do one? Better, better. I do like, one? let's say they offer you like a mm -hmm. decent contract, like for one fight. Now, <laughs> what would you, what would you say? Oh, don't tell me like that. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, my manager was like going to you know do something in the works if i was ready if i was gonna if i was like yeah you're thinking about it i just said I, we spoke about it actually and i said oh i'm just giving some time think about it if i really want to fight again but like a year ago i was considering it Ooh. yeah hey, look i might ago, put this clip yeah. out <laughs> just to see what happens but, right yeah maybe some of the because yeah. a lot of the fighters that follow us as well maybe some of them will like be like i'll welcome her in and then you have to. <laughs> I know, right? Far out. Like, because I don't know, cause I've always loved the I've always loved the raw, the raw stuff. It's funny to go full circle because you just said like when you first entered that MMA gym and you thought MMA was this underground thing with bare knuckle and all that. Yeah. It'd be funny if like, oh that now now it's finally here, now it's finally regulated. Yeah, that now sounds, you can actually get that, that feeling. Sounds, yeah. Oh sick. You well, just triggered something. I don't like it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, um, shit. Okay. Well, I hope... Well, you know what? <laughs> I'll take... If you come and do it and get a win, I'm going to take full credit for that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, here, we got one of your... I saw her on your stories as well. Diane Marie Skin, right? Underscore Skin. Who would uh, you yeah. say has been your rock support through your UFC journey and why? Um... 
I'd like to say a lot of things. But definitely family and my training partners because at the end of the day, you're there with them. You're bleeding with them, sweating and all that. You were there. You were all going through emotions. Half of us are doing fight camp together. Other half are just finished and have, have had losses or wins and they're still there trying to help you. Yeah. They're doing everything. So there's so much emotion and connection with your training partners. It's almost like you share energy because like you're feeding off each other all the time and we're all feeling different things at different times. We all have personal lives too. So they bring that into the gym too. Mm. And then once a day is done, you know, people cry, people, whatever, people get angry. You go home to your family. They see how you are after. They'll know if it's a good session or a bad session. They'll know with your reaction. And I think their patience with me, with my mood swings as well, it was a lot because I was very moody when I used to train, especially and, in camp. And 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 cutting weight, <sighs> like your no sense of humor and just. I hear like how much it affects relationships between partners who don't fight. Like what if one part, one of them doesn't fight, and they don't understand, which is always the. There's a lot of negatives with dating like fellow fighters, I guess, but um, yeah, the positive. Well. The negative of dating someone who doesn't fight was that. <laughs> Definitely. They're like, uh, like oh, is this the real person who underweight cutting conditions and training? And The yeah, worst is when it. they're like, oh, just you can have this. You train hard enough. Like, you'll be fine. Like, first of all, you talk, but I look at them and be like, hey. no. Yeah. Because you want, if I have that one piece, I'm going to eat the block. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I can eat like a tank. For my size, I can eat very well. I love oh, food. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, God. I love food. I've already eaten, so like I broke my fast at like 5.40, right? I've already had two dinners and dessert before 9 o'clock. That's the thing with uh, Ramadan because I've had the, the, the breakfast uh, tw- like many, many times. So you get invited yeah. to the to your friends and everything. And like the amount of things, like how do you eat so goddamn much wholesome <laughs> rice and... Um, but I get it. I get it. Of course. Yeah. If I've been, if I've been fasting, I do the same. Uh, two done. more. You know, I fasted like actually, I fasted like uh, I never did the whole thing, but I fasted the several days as a, like yeah. a solidarity thing as a kid and everything. That's great. But I don't know. I That's couldn't cute. do it. Like I, I did it those days, but I'm like, if I had to do this a month, like it's tough, man. It's a definitely the routine. Really Comes a routine really have to get into your mind yeah yeah of course the shoe rush underscore ask her about her sneaker collection who's the best sneaker supplier the shoe rush <laughs> these guys have sourced all my shoes that i want sneakers so my nike phantoms any tns asics um they are amazing these guys have like come from a smallish company to really expanding in Sydney and Australia wide, so they've, they're killing it. I've already got, I just bought a pair of Asics, white, white and purple, white purple, and I've already got three more in order for other shoes. Like, I'm like, I want this shoe. No worries. They'll find it. They'll get it. They're the best. Damn. So, like, the the real limited edition stuff, like, uh, custom maybe. Do they customize as well? Or? No, they don't customize, no, but they, they can source mad shoes. Like, I was actually saying to them today, could we chat or whatnot? I was like, my, my cupboard hates me. Like, I've got so many shoes. And it's like, you just see mine. Showed me their wall. I was like, huh? 
<laughs> Benefits of ending a shoe company. You guys do yeah, well. yeah. You got a huge yeah. collection. You're a big sneaker person. Yes, I love it. Obradovic underscore Milos 11. Uh, this kind of answers itself partly. Does she still wear glasses? And what is her prescription on them? <laughs> What's the prescription? They're the ones I currently have are plus four and plus four five. Um, so I went to a laser eye specialist because I want to get laser eye surgery because it's, they're not strong enough and I'm annoyed. And they said that I ideally my proper strength is plus five and plus five. Whoa. That's... So, yeah. Yeah. You know how like these make my eyes look big. My eyes are small. So, um, <laughs> but means you you see, um, the I can see far. Things. Yeah. So so that's always been weird to me because my father has that actually. I have the uh, what are you called nearsighted or farsighted? I have the short, other one. Yeah. Short-sighted. So short-sighted yeah. then. So mine is three, but then plus five is like almost blind like <laughs> to me. Yeah. Well, but it's not bad like, to me. Like I prefer to 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 see far. Than the close, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I feel like an eagle. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I can see very far. The lady said to me, because I saw the specialist, and then she was like amazed at how she's like, you, your focus from far away is amazing. And I was like, wow, really? She's like, yeah, honestly, you don't seem any, like, really many people that have really good vision like that from far away. She's like, your eyes are so bad close, but so good far. She's like, I can't make the decision. You need to see the surgeon. I was like, something's wrong with me. (laughs) That's Um, not bad. It's not bad for driving. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's all right. When I'm at dinners and things like that, I get so annoyed if I don't wear them. And I'm like, I can't see. I can't see the plate, the menu, the people around. I look at my best friend. I'm like, order for me. You know what I like? (laughs) Yeah, good. That's the great thing about having a... Close friend that just knows you inside and out. Like, yeah, I've got a good friend. Vix is the best. She knows exactly what I like. Go rely on her for anything. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. That was a great conversation. Thank you a lot for coming on. Um, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you shared your insights. Uh, hopefully, it can be helpful you. to some young fighters. Um, and uh, we'll see you in the bare knuckle ring very soon. <laughs> oh, no, there thank you so much. Appreciate the talk. Thank okay. you. Yeah, but great uh, night. You too. Thank you. Good night.